Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Beef's Golf Club. It's Ryder Cup week and we're in Rome. It's the most epic event in golf and we're here to keep you up to date on everything happening behind the scenes and on the golf course. I'm so excited to be here and we'll be bringing you daily episodes over the course of this weekend. So sit back and enjoy. This is Beef's Golf Club at the Ryder Cup. Welcome to Beef's Golf Club at the Ryder Cup. Europe have just won the Ryder Cup. Tommy Fleetwood wrapped it up with a 3-1 victory on 17. And Shane Lowry brought it home on 18, where we're currently standing. And it is chaos. This is absolute chaos, Beef, isn't it? We are amongst how many thousands of people on the 18th green? I don't know. The green or around here has never seen this many people. I'm just waiting for him to jump in the lake. <laughs> They're going to do that any second, surely. Um, how amazing has this day been? Just absolutely incredible. I thought I thought Team USA really fought back really well and made Europe like work for it, and they didn't sort of lay down. And um, Europe got there in the end. They got there in the end, and they bring the Ryder Cup back to Europe. I mean, we got ourselves on the 18th green because we thought that Sepp Straka was going to win it on here, but um, then Tommy Fleetwood ran and hold it on the 16th. Yeah, he drove the green. He was one up on 16, and that's what the 16th was built for. You know, he took he took it on, took the pressure, drove the green, and Ricky Fowler conceded after hitting it in the water, and that's how the Ryder Cup was won. Oh, beef! We've made our way into the oh, green. Well. The champagne spraying. Well, luckily we've known one of the security guards who's, who have got us in and uh, snuck in. It was very claustrophobic in there, mate. How massive is this win, beef? Massive, massive. We knew it was going to be a really tight one two years ago. I think 90% of people gave Europe no chance of winning it. So to come back and turn it around in two years is absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, we'll go through the games later, Beef, but who, who stood out in those singles for you? Uh, I mean, when you, when you go out with John Rahm at the top and even to get a point with Scott, uh, half a point against Scottie Sheffield down 18 and he won the whole, Rory winning, Hovland winning. I mean, they're the, they're the games, as we spoke about last night, putting them out at the top. Go and get that point, make it easier. But I think the boys coming back as well. Fleetwood, Lowry, McIntyre in there. Hatton delivered as well. But such a performance from every single player on that team this week. I mean, beef, the music started literally. How are we going to get back <laughs> to the media centre? The music started, the party started. Um, I don't think we've got much chance, mate. We're going to be on here a while. Have you ever been to like anywhere with an atmosphere like this before? Never, never in my life. You know, you always hear about the Ryder Cup. We, I've seen it on telly many a times. Every player's told me it's totally different when you're actually there. The first one to experience and they're right. I mean, it's, it's an event that now I want to come back and go to every single one now. What would the feeling be like if you were part of Team Europe now, mate? I, I would love to be, you know, it's such great motivation. I, I can't wait to get back to the range, to be honest, and start prepping and try and get in the next one in, in America. You know, that was the plan a couple of years ago, and I'm going to have another crack at it this time. Beef, can you just give everyone at home a sense of, like, 
how it was in those last few holes because we basically didn't know where to look, did we? There was just action happening absolutely everywhere. It was it was so tense. Um, I know Europe put a few um, a few points up early, you know, but looking at the leaderboard, America really dominated the middle section, and for for a moment there, I was sort of not panicking, but I was sort of wondering, and my mind started to wonder. Can they can they actually turn this around? You know, Fleetwood has only one up. McIntyre went back, um, all square tied. Lowry was tied, and for one for one sort of moment, I did think, what if? Luckily, Tommy's hit that absolute incredible shot on 16 and and wrapped it up. I mean, we were down here, weren't we, when uh, when Matt Fitzpatrick um, missed that putt against Homer? So we thought it was going to be one then, didn't we? Early on, and then on the board there was just so much red, um, and, and it just it really surprised us, didn't it? As you know, in these events, there's 24 absolute world-class players. And even going into singles, the American team know that you've got to make Europe win the games. They still had to win four points, and that's still not easy. You know, it's so hard to win a golf tournament, let alone bringing four points against these classy players. And fair play to them, man. They've, they've brung it home. And you can hear how happy they've made everyone. Bit of love for Tommy over there, Beef. Oh, of course, man. He's, he, he isn't going to get anything else but love, you know? Rightly so, rightly so. I, I I, mate, there's so many people, they're all, they're all around him, jumping up and down singing Tommy's song, and I can't even see him, mate. Tommy, I can't even see him, there's Tommy, literally Tommy, so many people. Tommy, 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 Fleetwood! Tommy, 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 Tommy! What, you legend! <laughs> yes. The atmosphere is fucking bonkers! <laughs> Stumbling across, we're trying to get out of here. We stumbled across Matt Fitzpatrick's dad and brother, Alex and Russ. How are you guys feeling, man? Relieved. It was looking great at the start, and then it looked a bit iffy in the middle, but the boys came through. Yeah, so. they really did, man. They really did. and it, I mean, the pride, the passion the team showed is, is absolutely incredible. And, that, and I bet you're thinking the same as me, man. You want to be playing this right in the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, two years in New York, it'd be nice to be part of that team. Um, you know, seeing, seeing these guys do it today just motivates you to be there. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll be there. How proud are you? Yeah, we are proud. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, I, would, I wouldn't say struggle the first two, but, you know, no points after two Ryder Cups, six a bit difficult with him but then he got his first point with Rory and yeah I'm sure he'd be mightily relieved he and, didn't, we, and we won he so didn't just get that it. first point he comes straight out of the gate and yeah. just grabbed it and <laughs> took it put it in a big stranglehold I mean it was so impressive man he was so impressive this week and absolutely delighted for him as well yeah we are we're really proud of him he's a, he's a great lad we would say that but he is <laughs> <laughs> you have to say that we do have to say that <laughs> yeah. to say that yeah. Yeah. are you going to gate crash the party Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, big love. <laughs> We're currently outside where the players are all having a little party. The caddies are on the roof. There's about 15 bottles of champagne up there. You've got everyone who's part of the European tour all celebrating, having a laugh, having a sing with the players. Epic, epic scenes. Well, as there's all singing and chanting, there's a happy birthday going off. No idea. I found Noel Horan here sitting on one of the buggies chilling out and he's brought me a beer. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you got your first beer tonight. Mate, 
How epic has this Ryder Cup been? It's been amazing. Nearly too close for my liking, but um, it was just an amazing week. Like the start we got off to, you can just see the unity within the team is just amazing. They're all great lads, unbelievable golfers. And it was just, it's always nice to get the win, especially at home. Did you have any doubt during the middle of today where mm. the middle order got very red on that leaderboard? Yeah. Did it cross your mind that there could be one of oh. well, the all-time comeback? Yeah, I mean, it would have been some comeback if it happened. Now, of course, I think when when Tommy and Bob's games went back to one up, it was like, oh, where's the, where's the half going to come from? And then once Terrell made, uh, once Terrell got to 14, it felt like, right, someone's got to get a half at some point here. And, you know, I hope for the best. But um, nah, listen, it's, they were just so concrete all week and put, in a, put on a proper show for everyone. It has been an absolute epic show, mate. And look, enjoy the party. I know Tyrrell's one of your boys. Yeah. And he must have made you so proud this week. I mean, he's yeah. made a whole of Europe proud mm -hmm. and I thought he's been absolutely awesome. Yeah, no, he's been brilliant. To get three and a half out of four points is some feat, especially, you know, against this American team, one of the greatest American teams ever. It was uh, so proud of Terrell. He's been playing great golf for a few years, but to turn up here and do what he did this week has been amazing, yeah. Oh, mate, well, thanks for hopping on, man. Enjoy the party. I'm happy if you keep supplying beers, it's good. <laughs> I might stay quite close to you tonight. <laughs> I'll see you soon, BP. Well, I'm down below here and you've got all the players up on this top deck where I mentioned the 15 bottles, around 15 bottles of champagne. They don't look like normal bottles of champagne. They look at least the Magnum going off. I'm not sure if these are going to be drunk or sprayed at the moment. Everyone's standing around waiting. And there he is, Captain Luke Donald, waving the Ryder Cup. I think these are going to be sprayed. Yes, they're spraying them. It's going everywhere. It's going everywhere. Are we getting involved? Oh my God. Everyone's running under it. Shane's pouring it over his head. He's drinking it. It's in his eyes. Oh, this is epic. They're pouring it over each other. The Ryder Cup's just hanging on this ledge here. They've got to be careful. Someone might have to catch the Ryder Cup. <laughs> There's Billy Fuzz. Billy Fuzz giving it a good old spray there. What scenes. What amazing scenes. And now, and now, it smells like 3am in O'Neill's. It's 3am in O'Neill's. There's no champagne in O'Neill's. What am I talking about? <laughs> They're pouring it. Everyone's having a go at drinking it from about, from about 15 foot, 20 foot. <laughs> that is Bob McIntyre's caddy. He's probably coming out with the breast spray of champagne. Oh, Shane stuck out the bottom and come and spray everyone is so good. I'm sure we can all hear Championi ringing out now. It's going to be a long, long night. 
as the party and the the spraying of champagne's gone off, that was absolutely epic. I've seen I've seen Bob over here, and he went to give me a handshake. I said, "I'm not handshaking you. I'll give you a hug." And I totally forgot he was caked in champagne, and he stinks, but it's absolutely fine. Mate, talk to me about your week. It's been incredible. It's everything I've I've dreamed of as a kid. It's I just can't believe that it actually happened. I've it's just you dream of it, but you never believe it. Um, and I managed managed to get here and. The main goal was to win the Ryder Cup. You could see from the like, they also had the buzz the team had as well. Like the team spirit yeah. just looked amazing from the outside. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I mean, the minute we got we got here on the training day that Monday um, before Wentworth, it was just like for the four rookies. Um, I was one of them. We kind of came in here a bit sceptical of what what was going to happen, but we got brought in with open arms, and I mean, I, I obviously had Rosie to the old man to, to look after me and I mean what a guy to look after me it was just the whole thing was incredible mate as I said like watching from it I'm so pleased that it's gone so well for you as well you're going to have a superb he- headache tomorrow aren't you <laughs> I know I may have been a jet 2 flight home at 12 o'clock tomorrow but I think I might be changing that <laughs> <laughs> no, your, man, your man is just behind him on the phone just sorting it out now that's yeah, a yeah, Tuesday no. 12 o'clock flight now <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, mate. I'm so pleased. Well done, Cheers. man. Thank you. <laughs> I've bumped into the one and only Dragon's Den, Peter Jones. Wow, that was quite scary, actually, wasn't it? It was exciting, but it was amazing. There was like a thousand people rushing and closing the line. It was amazing when Larry was on that green. You know, when, when Lowry went up to the first team, uh, onto the 18th tee and you knew when he was going to walk down, you just know it was the right person to bring the, the chaos and the cheers and the noise. You knew it was coming from Shane, didn't you? You just thought, right, we thought, do we stay by 17 and just watch what's happening? No, we've got to follow Shane. Did you have any, any doubts or any nerves during midway through that period where America really sort of started to dominate that middle period? Yeah, I said to Will, my son, we're sitting there and then we saw, look, look up and back on the screens, we're thinking, hang on a minute, if this match, we were with Tyrrell, and Tyrrell was playing it awesome. But we thought, actually, look at the red. After Tyrrell, there were four reds, and you think, oh my goodness, this could go down the last. How on earth has that happened? I, I know, I mean, I, I know Tommy managed to to come out on top. Were you on 16 when he hit the tee shot on the green? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Talk to me about the noise of that. Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I, I'm deaf of hearing. I'm, my hearing's really bad, but it literally opened all my ear. I mean, it was crazy. I've never experienced anything like it. I was at Glen Eagles in 2014 with Will, and this is just amazing. It was just amazing. And to bring it home, Europe, I mean, there's only one thing that I was slightly disappointed about the whole thing, and I've got to tell you, because you do know that I do love you to death. You have to be in this team in four years at Adair, and I... I wait and pray for that moment. I really do. I really appreciate it, mate. I'm hoping, I'm looking at the one in two years and I just want to get to New Jersey and get booed for a week. I think I'll quite enjoy that. <laughs> oh, it's just amazing that you're you're back. Cheers, really appreciate it, mate. And have a great evening and hopefully get crash the party or something. I'm sure you will. Yeah, I'm there actually. So yeah, yeah I later. knew it, I knew it, yeah. <laughs> actually, maybe. Could you get slippers a few tickets, mate? Yeah, yeah, we'll sort that out. No problem. <laughs> Right, guys, we finally made it back to the media centre. Europe have lifted the trophy, winning by 16.5 to 11.5. 
I'm here with producer Ryan again. I think we should take a little look at all the action on today. Mate, you know we were speculating about uh, was there a player in the water? Have you seen the video of the older gentleman sprinting and jumping in the water? It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> Do you know what? I'll, you know they have their certain music where they slow it down. Like really, like put him in a slow-mo. It was like, is it the Olympics thing? Yeah. Or is it something from Cool Runnings? Chariots yeah. of Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to slow it down and, and make a little video out of that. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. If it was a diving contest, it's a 10. Yeah. I mean, you know, it didn't quite steal the show of what an epic uh, day of golf it was. Um, should we go through the matches one by one? Definitely, mate. And let's go in the order the points rolled in. So obviously, first point on the board uh, was Victor Hovland versus Colin Morikawa. Um, Hovland won four and three to make it 11 and a half, five and a half to Europe. I mean, Hovland's had a good weekend, hasn't he, Beef? Amazing. He's been, he's been one of the best for Europe. I mean, what a performance he's put in to get up nice and early in the game, to put the blue on the leaderboard. I think that's what Luke Donald was setting out by the way he put the order out for the singles with Ram, Hovland, McElroy in the top four games. So he definitely wanted to sort of get the points up early, get blue on the board early and try and keep America quiet. And that's exactly what Hovland went out and did. And um, it's never it's never easy playing someone like Morikawa, one of the best iron players. But once you go three up after six holes, it's tough to kind of come back from that for Morikawa. It's a long way to come back. And... He shut him out really nicely in that game. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to say it was never in doubt, but in the form that Hovland's been this weekend, you know, he just delivered, didn't he? Is he going to be a Ryder Cup name for many, many years? But, if, you know, he's still really young, isn't he? Oh, without doubt. Without doubt. Um, he's such a fantastic ball striker. Solid putter as well. I know they had doubts about his chipping in the past. He's really worked hard on it and completely turned that round. So it's made him literally the complete player. You, He's so solid in every department. He's so tough to play against in match play. And just when you thought he had a sniff in this game on the seventh hole, they both hit great shots in. I mean, Hovland was about 12 foot away. Morikawa hit it to, to three foot and he knocked the putt in and kept Morikawa quiet again. And that's, that's, what, that's what he does, man. He's just really hard to play against. Absolutely. Um, obviously, the first pair out today were John Rahm and uh, Scotty Scheffler. You said you thought that Rahm, they'd send Rahm out first and go strong, didn't you? Um, that was a tie, you know, but how big was that for Europe? Oh, huge. I mean, absolutely huge. It was, it was like, again, just two of the best players in the world just going toe-to-toe at it. And f I, I give credit where credit's due. I mean, Scheffler hasn't looked comfortable on the greens all week. And you imagine sort of trying to change a few things technically in your putting and coming into the Ryder Cup a bit uncomfortable and having to deal with the away crowds yeah. for him. And he missed a couple putts early on in that game and looked really edgy. And it looked like Ryan was just going to run away with that game and win sort of four, four and three or by five holes or something like that. And the way he just kept going, clawed it back and ended up going up in the match right at the end with two amazing birdies. I mean, on 14 and 15 and turn around and sort of turn around and fronted the crowd. Yeah. I mean, absolutely fair play to him. But again, you're up against someone on the other side in John Rahm. And I mean... That half a point is so, so key. Honestly, it's, it made it made such a difference. When you looked at the leaderboard, looked at the points at that time, America were really dominating the middle section. And I just had that real urgency 
it, it, it had that real feeling that he needed to, he, he really needed to win that hole win the last hole and get half a point that was massive well that obviously made the score 12 and 6 to Europe and at that point obviously they needed 14 and a half uh, to win um, before we move on I mean I, I was listening to your commentary and uh, last thing on John Rahm but he hit an absolute belter of a shot didn't he from near that bridge the bridge shot I mean the bridge shot I, I, it's hard to explain how good that is it really is just go on try I was looking at their shot and all I could see was the bridge. I, I, <laughs> it's a lovely I, bridge. Honestly, all I could see was that ball ricocheting off that bridge and going anywhere. Maybe back into myself. This rough is thick. <laughs> and I know he was in a bit of a drier area in that rough. But he's got the ball above his feet. It's difficult to get the ball up quickly. Yeah. He's got to draw it. The green is so hard to hit even from the fairway from that distance. How many times have we seen this week balls come up short and roll back down the slope or just trickle over? And he hits that shot inside Scotty Scheffler. I, I, I mean, it's one of the most ridiculous shots. <laughs> Some of his chippings are incredible, but... For me, that was one that was one of the shots this week of the Ryder Cup. I mean, it's an absolute disgrace he's on the green. If you're playing against him, <laughs> you're on the green in two and you're thinking he's down by the bridge. And next thing, he's putting for birdie inside your ball. He's got no right, Beef. You have no right to do that. That is absolutely disgusting. Well, absolutely disgusting. Not on John Rahm, but what a bridge shot. We'll never forget the bridge shot. Uh Okay, well, I mean, the next point that then went on the board, Beef, was uh, Justin Rose versus Patrick Cantlay. God, we've, said, we've spoken a lot about Patrick Cantlay, haven't we, over the weekend? But he won 2-1 and one to claw back a point for the US. It made it 12-7. and seven. I mean, what a match that was. Uh, I mean, we spoke about him last night. I mean, finishing with three birdies to, to win that match um, for America in the most one-sided crowd rowdy crowd they've been out there all day few people obviously had quite a lot to drink it was rowdy and the way you went birdie 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 finish was so impressive and then to come out again and just dominate that game from start to finish um he's some he's some player and some performer and i, I really it, i mean it really it really is impressive i mean to do that again the crowd's on his back we were we were hanging around a few holes and every time everyone's waving their hats at him and chanting and sort of trying to get under his skin it's so easy to crumble in that situation and he stood up again today and fair fair play to him absolutely absolutely um next on the board then obviously was rory mcelroy versus sam burns uh mcelroy won his fourth point of the weekend i believe uh three and one to make it 13 and seven we were actually sat on the 16th uh, green weren't we in the ropes when um, when McElroy was on and we thought he was going to hold that putt do you remember he, he missed it ever so slightly and we thought he was going to be there and then wrapped up but I mean Rory's had a great weekend hasn't he oh fantastic week um, as he said at the start of the week he was he's the second oldest player in this team and he's not even that old he's been there five six times five six Ryder Cups he's got the experience and he was the one he was kind of like the leader the one to put arm rounds the the younger ones as well big responsibility on his shoulders and big there's always a big responsibility for him to go out and perform because we all know how good he is but again you, you're playing Sam Burns one of the best in the world and he was just he was superb hold putts at the right time hit shots at the right time it's just Rory being Rory there's a few shots he hit today where uh, only he can hit a couple of iron shots he hit today were just phenomenal and 
it's when you get up in a match play game it's keeping the pressure on and doing the right things at the right times and yeah. he did that he was he's been phenomenal this Ryder Cup and he'll be absolutely delighted the way he's he's played and come out with four points out of five I mean what a performance do you think we obviously spoke about Rory last night and that car park video came out didn't it it was all very confusing weren't sure what was going on at the time do you think that you know sort of fired him up a bit going into the Sunday or was it like a longer narrative? Because obviously Whistling Straits was, you know, not very good for him at all. It's, so It's a really interesting one, right? There's so much emotion in the Ryder Cup. And it's very easy to get caught up and have too, emo too much emotion when you're playing and yeah. get too fired up and try too hard. And I think like there's a real fine balance of being pumped up in the right way and not looking for sort of revenge almost and sort of looking at it in a... Oh, I'm gonna like Henry. I've got to beat him. You've got to play your game still and stick to your game plans, and make sure you do the basics well. And I think that's key. It's really, it's a really, it's a really fine line between sort of pushing it too far in terms of motivation, or just sort of laying back and being calm and make sure you're concentrating on on just winning that game. And clearly, he got it right. He would definitely use it as motivation and probably motivated the others as well not to go out and lose it probably motivated the American team as yeah. well to come and fight back as well so yeah I think it was a in a strange way you don't want to see that kind of situation but it really added that little bit of that little bit of spice to the singles today we do love a bit of spice um, but speaking of a bit of spice beef this is where the day got a little bit tense wasn't it because it started to look a bit tight the score was 13 and 7 but there was a lot of red on the scoreboard at that point wasn't it halfway through there was sort of a sense of something building for the US was there yeah, you could look at the way the singles sort of panned out in their in their order, and Europe had gone really top heavy. Like we said, Hovland, McElroy, Rahm in the top four games, and it left the middle a bit not open. But it, look, you look at the the players on the American side. There's a lot of rookies in the middle for Europe there, and you've got Aberg versus Kepka, Straka versus Justin Thomas. Hoygaard versus Sander. I mean, you've got three rookies and you've got three guys who've played Ryder Cups, President's Cups. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really tough games. You know, they know what it's about. They've been there, done it before. And they got up early and you could just see um, when Spieth went up as well, there was four, four of them all, all red. And you're thinking, if Fleetwood and McIntyre sort of lose a couple of holes here this could get really interesting because they can they can still win it Europe had three and a half points up at that point and if they'd won all the games America America still had a chance to win it and it can turn so easy and like we've seen in so many Ryder Cups the momentum yeah shift um luckily luckily Lowry and Fleetwood and McIntyre pulled it back together but for a moment you it does you do sit you do stand there when we stand there on 16 17 you do sort of just wonder is there going to be a kind of comeback like that yeah well we were sat there on 16 and then we saw homer and fitzpatrick come down didn't we um and they i mean we'll come to them in a second but they obviously took it right to the 18th hole the next point on the board was the uh, was the pair afterwards which was hatton and Harmon, and we were on the uh, side weren't we as tyrrell played that unbelievable bunker shot right to right to like three foot wasn't it and how, I mean how was that 
phenomenal. I mean, he was that bunker down the right side is a lot better place to be the bunker up the left side. Um, I thought Harman played a played a really good shot to eight ten foot. Yeah, there, and I was looking at looking at hat and shot, and it was definitely the easier out of the two. But I mean, it's by all means, it's not an easy golf shot under the circumstances. Um, greens were firming up a bit and he just played an absolute beauty yeah. an absolute beauty and put pressure on Harmon and that was it it all changed all of a sudden Harmon's got to make that putt for a half and he doesn't and that's what you've got to do in match play it's easier said than done and it was some bunker shot honestly yeah I doff my cap to Tyrrell doff your cap what, what a sentence from doff my cap to Lord Tyrell Wow. I mean, speaking of Lord Tyrell, he, um, the celebration was great, but describe the noise beef on 16th when that uh, went in. Everyone knew how important it was. And again, you don't want to see games going. We've seen yesterday Rory go, Rory and Fitzpatrick go one up into the last two holes and it changed and lose the game. You don't want to see that. These guys are, are insanely good and you've got to close out games. And to hit that bunker shot, you could feel and sense the relief that Tyrrell's game is done, you know, and the relief from the crowd as well, with that big cheer, knowing that they only need half a point. So Hatton won that game three and two to make it 14-7 to Europe, which meant Europe needed just half a point to win. Uh, elsewhere, Brooks Kepka beat uh, Ludwig Eberg, uh, three and two to make it 14-8. and eight. And then, Beef, we were still sat on the 16, weren't we, when uh, Fitzpatrick and Homer came through, um, and they both lumped it into the water. Oh, this was a tight, tight game. Um, no one really got got two up often. It was always sort of around 2-1 and no one could really pull away. Homer couldn't pull away. Fitzpatrick kept sort of bringing it back and going into 16, Fitzpatrick hits it into the water and Homer follows him. So now it's like a pitch off from about 50, 60 yards and Homer played an absolute absolute class class pitch shot to about four foot phenomenal pitch shot under the pressure Fitzpatrick didn't quite deliver his best there missed his part and Homer had a really good chance to take this to um, to two up with two to play yeah and missed his part um, which was a big moment in the match going into 17 both hard 17 with pars and it gave Fitzy to win to have a chance to win 18 to get that half a point Europe needed to win. So we made a dash down to down to the green to watch all the drama. And we, we actually sat in a position just right next to the right bunker, the right green. And Homer hit it about probably five yards away to us. And his ball was absolutely buried. I mean, it was one of the worst lies you'll see this week. The, the spotters couldn't even see it. I had to go over, you and, had to go over. and tell him where the ball was. Yeah, It was that bad. At this point, you said to me, Mate, you better get that recording kit out because he is not making a point. He is not making that from there. No, I couldn't. I couldn't see him making par from there. I, I really couldn't. And it, it just shows his calmness in that situation to take a penalty drop. Yeah, Fitzy played a a pretty good pitch in, left himself a, a really fast putt just down the slope, and he took a drop. Homer took a drop, played a absolutely stunning shot pitch shot over the bunker that's so difficult you hit that a bit hard it's going in the water hit it a bit short it's not getting down the tier and he he hit a lovely pitch shot unluckily Fitzy missed the putt to win the Ryder Cup at that moment and Homer knocked his four five foot putt in 
to to win the game and still keep it alive. And I, again, fair play to Max Homer for that. That showed some showed some real guts to get up and down from there because he could have easily just made six and Fitzy had, would have had two putts to win that. And he, he kept it going for America and fair play to him. I mean, you've been impressed with Max Homer all weekend, haven't you? Yeah, really impressed. I think he's been by far a standout performer for... Um, for the American team and he was one of the ones in the I think he was one of the players in the afternoon four balls on Saturday that started to turn the tide and get things going you know and picking up the win in the morning foursomes on the Saturday too he's really has been the standout player and also just back on that 18th that takes some absolute elite mindset doesn't it to like take a drop there rather than attempt to get out from that lie like he knows what's lying on that um on that point right it's so easy to get caught up in the moment and feel pressurized instead of going actually do you know what i'll take a drop i'll chip it on the green and make make fitzpatrick hold that shot so yeah really really clever smart play and just on fitzpatrick we obviously bumped into uh his dad and his brother earlier which was lovely um but just from your point of view how how happy are you for him and how great has he been He's been amazing, yeah. He's had a bit of a rough ride in previous Ryder Cups. Not down to his golf, I think maybe down to different situations, pairings. It's, it's really difficult and there are fine lines between winning games and losing games. I don't think he's actually done... A, he hasn't actually done much wrong. Yeah. And it was great to see to see his dad and his brother Alex on, on the green on 18 and stuff. His dad, his, his parents are lovely and I've always gotten really well. And if I ever see him, I, I come over and have a quick chat with him. I'd never really met Alex before, but he's a character as well and a character I'll get on well with. And it was nice to catch up and have a chat. They, they're really nice family. Absolutely. Well, onwards, obviously then, uh, the next point on the board, uh, Xander Schofle beat uh, Nikolai Hoygaard uh, 3-2 and two to make it 14-10. and 10. Um, And then we were there, weren't we, for Stracker versus Thomas. Um, Thomas beat Stracker 2-1 and one to make it 14-11, but we made our way down, didn't we, to 18? Because we thought if, if Stracker won that hole, that would be it. Well, Ryan, we were gambling on it, weren't we? Gambled, we gambled, we gambled. We were standing there, the back of the 17th tee, looking at the big scoreboard going, where the fuck do we go? <laughs> do we do we stay? Do we run down 18? What do we do? You asked me about three times and I didn't really reply. I didn't also, really we're running down 18, I, we're not running back up again to get to 16. <laughs> no, it's steep. If you haven't seen it, it's really steep. And I was like, I'm not doing this for the third time. I was like, no way. So we made our way down to 18. And to be fair, it panned out, it panned out quite well. I mean, I wish I was up by 16 watching Tommy's drive on 16. The noise must have been incredible up there when he hit the green on 16. But... Watching Shane Lowry bring it down on 18 after Tommy had sealed that half a point. Lowry had sealed half a point, guaranteed. And it must have been such a good walk for him down 18. I mean, it's quite strange, wasn't it? Because we were on 18 and we, could, we watched Fleetwood win it, essentially. But everyone was sort of a bit confused. They weren't quite sure what had happened. Um, and then, yeah, you know, but I mean, Fleetwood again, that shot, like you say, unbelievable, right? Just that's why that 16th hole was built like that to bring drama on Sunday at Ryder Cup. You know, the last few games after these these guys have battled it out for three days, you got to stand up and hit a shot like that. And that was why that hole was built. And I'll tell you what, to stand up and hit that shot under that pressure, 
Amazing, absolutely amazing. And in the end, Ricky Fowler conceded that hole because he, had, I think, he had two or three putts for it, and got got two up, got Dormy, and couldn't. And there was no way you could take that half a point away from him now. And that was it. What a feeling that must have been. I saw the big hug him and his caddy Finno had as well on the um, on the green after. And it's that feeling, I think, when it comes down to them last games, you've got to be really brave to go out 11 and 12 in singles, you know, because yeah. it, the whole thing can rest on your shoulders. The relief he must have felt when Ricky Fowler conceded that yeah, yeah, yeah. must have been huge. And having the whole crowds on 16, the big bank, there's big um, hospitality, people the other side of the water, all singing Tommy, 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 <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, Fleetwood. He must feel great right now. He must feel great right now. Um, and then obviously, you know, uh, McIntyre and Clark game, McIntyre won uh, two and one to make it 16-11. As we said, Lowry and Spieth then came down. Um, and at that point, everyone, all the crowd started running behind, didn't they? And um, that obviously ended uh, a tie, which made it 16 and a half, 11 and a half uh, to Europe. And then at that point, we got absolutely mobbed by everyone shouting beef and uh, also celebrating a Europe win. Yeah, watching everyone run down behind and um, I think security did a really good job and holding <laughs> everyone. I mean, there was there was loads, so many, so many police and stewards and everyone. And I thought they held held the line really well and it was good to to sneak in on the 18th green just because some geezer sort of recognised my face it, yeah. I think it's the only reason we got in on 18 it was really strict but it was great fun and that's what the Ryder Cup's about you know we don't as a player you don't get this team environment and you can see all the players you know when hugging each other high-fiving each other all week and it must be such a great feeling for them now to to win the Ryder Cup and everyone come on the green and celebrate they were spraying champagne I'm not sure anyone jumped in the lake on 18 and we know that apart from that guy apart from that guy yeah yeah but that, that, that's the scenes you want and that's what all the players would have won Lowry Low, Shane Shane was so happy you could see him walking across hugging everyone once he knew it was one down the fairway it was, it was such great scenes man and it's so special I don't want to miss another one of these So, guys, we're joined once again by Rick Gaiman from the First Cut podcast. Mate, how do you think it will pan out today? I think the US, again, like really turned up from that last session last night in the afternoon to this one. I, I thought they were they were really good. And make, they made the European team work hard for that. It's exciting from a, a perspective that they had a lot more juice on Sunday. They they played well. They were in a lot of matches. But it's even more disappointing because the the five point deficit that it ended up being sixteen and a half to eleven and a half is the same deficit that it was on on Friday, right? So they split Saturday, they split Sunday, which means you kind of just punted this thing away by getting by getting out of the gate slow. So it's just it's a little bit disappointing. Happy to see them fight. Happy to see that they stretched this out for as long as they could on on Sunday. But I think it really goes back to this thing being lost on on Friday. Do you think it was a case of just not turning up on that first day? I <laughs> I hate I, to throw Zach Johnson under the bus. That's a that's a captain thing. That's a preparation thing, right? I mean, you you they were zombies on Friday. It, it was it was really ugly stuff, and that I think lies on your team room, your captain, to get you ready to go into battle, and that is not what happened. 
Yeah, it, it really is interesting. But I tell you what, the way that, the way they fought back, there was a moment there where there was a lot of red in that middle order. Yeah, and I was standing up on sixteen seventeen, and I was thinking, what if here? Yeah, did you have any? Was there any time where you truly believed that that could be turned around, or were, was it just too far out? It, it, so the the data guy inside of me knows that it's probably never going to happen, and and no matter the way the board was shaping up, um, it was going to be a European victory. R- realistically, they needed the full point from Scotty Scheffler uh, out of match number one. They didn't get that. After that, the path to victory got so incredibly narrow, where it was a lot of well. If these matches hold, and if we flip this one, and if we get this, it's possible, just incredibly unlikely. So I still, even though we got a good solid few hours of there still being a chance, it was hard to believe that it was actually going to come through. You know, in the past where I know I know the European team have gone and um, sometimes a few people have said, not necessarily the team, but there's been some comments that have really fired up the crowd and... And made it really difficult for the Europeans to play. Do you think the whole Cantley situation, with all the rumours, what's going on, made it a lot harder for the players? I, I think that was a turning point, right? That was a turning point in this entire Ryder Cup. Was Patrick Cantley becoming public enemy number one, becoming the super villain? The Americans rallied around it, and then Rory kind of gives everybody juice on on Saturday night, and then the Europeans can rally around it. I mean, it was it was believe it or not, Rory McIlroy giving you know pointing the finger in the parking lot was like the moment of the week, right? It was like a turning point. It's like it's what I will remember about this Ryder Cup and everything that came after it. I thought it was an interesting situation because, you know, it's high emotions. And sometimes when you're playing golf, if you get too emotional about stuff, it can really backfire. It didn't affect Rory today, but I thought there was a case where it potentially could affect him. It could spur the American team on even more. And yeah. I didn't know if it was going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, well, you I mean, you know this any, better than anybody. I mean, some guys thrive in that situation and some guys, the, yeah, the, the heart rate gets too fast and, and their hands start shaking and things start going sideways. Talking of Zach Johnson, like you said earlier, is there a lot of talk coming out of America? No, I'm not going to say putting the blame on him, but a lot of people saying the reasons why the American team haven't won this Ryder Cup or it hasn't been as close is because of his decisions. I, I don't think that uh, Zach Johnson will take all of the blame for this. Uh, I don't think this will age well for him, right? When we look back at this in six months or nine months or a year from now, I don't think it's going to age well. My, my personal opinion is... I think he was pretty horrendous, admittedly. Like I, and, and I don't usually like to get the spicy takes out there, but I, I did not like the team that he selected. I did not like the way that he deployed the team that he ended up selecting. I didn't like some of the in-game adjustments he either failed to make or made at the time. I, I thought it was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty bad uh, captaincy, especially when you got in contrast Luke Donald, who was probably flawless. Yeah, yeah, that that's really interesting insight. Talking about all the, I know that they're, they're sort of negatives. What are the positives coming out for the US team? Yeah, I think there's a lot of takeaways that you can look back and be proud of. One, the Sunday singles always shows how deep the Americans are, which is which is always something that they're going to have an advantage of over the Europeans. So you you have depth, you have this built-in level of talent. Um, there's a lot of good building blocks here. The one thing that I also think that they're that they're pretty good at is 
moving on quickly. We already heard it in the press conference afterwards. They were just saying, ah, you know, those Europeans, they just they just putted a little bit better than we did and we'll get them next time. And I don't know if that's what the, the data is going to end up saying, but they're going to convince themselves of that. And I bet you in a couple of weeks, this is going to be just, oh, they got us on home soil and we'll get them again at Beth Page, right? And they'll, they'll quickly turn the page here. It'll be easy to have a short memory, but I don't know. I'll linger for a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of Beth Page, I I think that is going to be one of the rowdiest Ryder Cups. We'll see. Well, we kind of there's always the back and forth, right? But but there was a, a, a and the European crowd is phenomenal, right? The way that the way that you guys can whip up the chants as quickly as you do in them, I just will never be able to wrap my head around how good they are. Um, and they played a large part in this Ryder Cup. And now you are going to like the mecca of places where fans are going to be all up in your jam in new york a Ryder cup like it's 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 gonna be pretty nasty yeah it is you know what i can't i can't wait for it man bring it on it's gonna be great and the amazing thing about Ryder cup as well i would say being out there like the atmosphere is a real nice kind of atmosphere in terms of yeah there's banter yes it's one-sided but it's actually fun as well and like the amount of time walked over to american fans over here and had a laugh and a giggle with them and it's just got that really nice balance and it's nice to sit here again talking to you and stuff and we can crack open have a beer have a laugh and roll on the next one (laughs) yeah it's i never thought there was a time where anybody crossed the line out there right it was very much i'm gonna i'm gonna root for my team you might root for yours you're outnumbered 10 to 1 or whatever it is but yeah and then um at the end at the end of it everybody's like hey we had a great time let's let's do it all again in two years it's it's an awesome awesome event and I hope that at some point, like everybody gets to experience it, whether it's in the US, whether it's in Europe. This was my this was my first Ryder Cup. It was just unbelievable experience. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on again and having a good old chat. As I said, have a listen to the First Cup podcast by Rick Gaiman. And I'll definitely come on the show at some point and see you soon. I love it. Appreciate you, brother. What an incredible day. I'm exhausted, Beef. Are you? It is the the it is emotional roller coaster. I mean the the highs and lows, the buzz of the place. And I mean like I think like the first two days when you're in the stand at seven in the morning, you know, it's long days. I, I'm exhausted. I mean the players must be so tired. Luke Donald must be so tired. His brain has just been working on overdrive. Let, there's a lot of love for Luke Donald at the moment. I'm sure. What you know? Just what's your final take on the job he's done? I think he's absolutely nailed it. I mean, it couldn't have gone any better for him. I think to come in and take over the captaincy and to do what he's done, the way he's got the team on board, the way he's picked the vice captains, um, the way he's got Eduardo Molinari on. If you didn't know, Eduardo does a lot of the stats for the players. Yeah. So he's used, he's got him to to help with maybe the pairings, four balls, the insight to how they play, the stats, who to play in foursomes, who to play in four ball. I mean, no stones unturned. I mean, I've heard the dressing rooms absolutely inspiring with with loads of quotes, um, a famous quote from Seve as well, um, calling Seve the 13th player. Yeah. Um, I just think he's absolutely nailed it. And, you know, this has been your first... Ryder Cup, you know, you were massively excited about it. How do you sum up the the whole experience? There's no other golf tournament like it. 
There's, yeah. there's no other golf tournament like it. I've never seen anything like it. You know, um, I've been lucky enough to play in some good tournaments over the years, but this is different. This is just different. The team element, the the way the crowds are, the buzz around the place. Um, oh my, it just motivates me to try and get in the next one. It really does. I would love to come to the Ryder Cup, the next one, and watch you play. Uh, I, do you know, I... I've heard it a few times from different players and, um, you know, that's going to be sort of the main aim is, is to get in, try and get in that team because it's phenomenal. I, I mean, I don't want to miss another Ryder Cup now. I, I feel that strongly about it. I don't want to miss another one. I want to go to everyone playing or not. If you had to pick one moment, Beef, from this Ryder Cup that sticks out as your favourite, what would it be? Oh, there's so many amazing moments. Do you know what? I think... I think after the fast start on Friday, the way um, the Europeans hold the putts on 18, John Rahm holding the putt on 18 um, and turning that four ball, the first four ball round was an absolute game changer. Didn't seem like much. There was a few ties in there, but Europe managed to win that session. And I think that was a massive, massive moment in the Ryder Cup. And there was just a couple putts there. His putt, on 18, Justin Rose's part to to halve and win games. I mean, to turn that round and stretch the lead further was absolutely huge. And I'll say, them moments down 18 is one of them. Maybe Tommy's drive on on 16 as well. That hole's built for for that reason, and he's just under the pressure. He's hit such an amazing shot. There, there's there's so many I could name another one. Tyrrell's part on 16. Yeah. Um, that he whole completely turned that game around. There's so many amazing moments. Absolutely. And also, mate, we need to do this again. I mean, we need to do the Masters. We need to do all the Majors, the Open, US Open. Fuck it, we'll do the President's Cup. We'll do Sol- <laughs> we'll, we'll do everything. Solheim Cup, we'll do literally everything. I mean, these tournaments are just so special. We've got to do this again. Mate, let's do it. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening to us at Beefs Golf Club at the Ryder Cup. It's been a phenomenal week. I'm absolutely knackered. I'm going to have a lay down for about two weeks. The podcast will be back in the next coming weeks after I've had a two-week nap. And go and have a listen. Tell all your mates to get on the beef train. Get on the Beef Golf Club train wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers, guys. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.